Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Always a good day to talk about some fights, right? UFC 298 was a hit down in Southern California at Anaheim. Uh, Ilia Topuria, Spain has themselves a champion. Uh, Volkanovski, one of the great featherweights of all time, uh, went down. Second straight fight, he gets knocked out. Uh, girl Mackenzie Dern took a beating, so we're always rooting for Mackenzie Dern to come back. And it's always good to talk fights with my guy, Mark, Mark Drumheller, here. So, Mark, uh, UFC continues because it, it, it never stops, it's every week. Not a pay per view this week, so that's always good on the budget. Uh, they go to Mexico City, so very, you know, there's going to be some flavor, un poquito de sabor, as we like to say. Uh, the headline and the co main are rematches. Uh, let's start with the co-main first. It's Jair Rodriguez, uh, El Pantera, the who is Mexican against Brian Ortega, Mexican roots, but he's American from San Pedro, California. Interesting fight here because they they fought before and it ended in, in first round TKO because Ortega ended up hurting his shoulder and he hasn't fought, you know, in like a year and a half, almost two years, my friend. I mean, even longer. Yeah, so that, that's what makes it a tough handicap. And the last time these guys fought, which was, I believe, 2022 possibly, um, the odds were flipped, right? Here, you know, you have Rodriguez around the buck seventy-five favorite. Ortega was right in that range as the favorite, you know, closing going into that fight. So we're seeing the odds flip, and it's basically because of Ortega's inactivity, right? You know, yeah, Rodriguez submitted Josh Emmett, you know, fought Volkanovski, fell, fell to him um, in his title bid. But... The, the challenge with backing Ortega in this spot is, you know, his last win was 2020 against the Korean zombie. Like 2020 is a long time ago. Like we're in 2024 right. now. And if you just right. look, if you go back to 2017, um, you know, Brian Ortega's wins since 2017 are the Korean zombie, Cub Swanson, and a 37-year-old Frankie Edgar. And nobody likes Frankie Edgar more than me, but that was the beginning of the end of Frankie Edgar's great career. So you were talking three wins since 2017. Um, it's tough to back a fighter in this spot. I think the odds are relatively reasonable, but I'm probably going to be looking at some of the props in this matchup. But I think this is tough. I mean, Ortega just so inactive and coming off a major injury. I think it's going to be a tough spot. Yeah, and now the the one thing I have learned from the fight business, I, I come from more of the boxing world. You 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 definitely mm-hmm. are more of the MMA world. Is that sometimes time off isn't the worst thing in the world for a fighter, mm-hmm. but this feels like it's too much time off. Okay, this is almost this is almost like borderline retirement. You know, this is like you could have been into the Hall of Fame already in a sport. You know, in, in other sports. So Ortega, and and again, his story. It's such a wild one. I mean, he, he had a very public breakup with his girlfriend, who was mm-hmm. an, who was also an MMA uh, fighter, and 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 Yair, who is Mexican. It's in Mexico City. It's going to be a lot to, to handle. And you know, I, I love Yair. He's he 
he's 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 got such flair. So uh, it'll be an interesting. And then the main event, another rematch. It's and they even have the same names. It's Brandon Moreno, who is the number one rated flyweight against Brandon Royval, who's the number three. You know, obviously implications are are, are afoot here. Uh, and 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 again. The Mexican Moreno against the the the, the U.S. fighter or Royval. How do you handicap that? Yeah, so this is one where you know Moreno a minus two seventy five favorite, which I think might be a little bit wide. Uh, you know, when you look at Moreno in, in just his recent career, like these guys fought, you know, uh, back in twenty twenty as well, and you know Moreno was able to knock uh, Royval out, but. Since then, he's fought the quadrilogy with Davidson Figueredo. So he fought him four times. He fought Kai Car France. Um, one of the interesting things we need to keep in mind is these guys are fighting in elevation. And, uh, you know, John Kelly over at Fight Numbers did some outstanding work just looking back at the last 10 years and how that impacts fights. And in the flyweight division, there's 5% more decisions historically than um, at elevation than not. You would think guys get tired, you know, they gas out, but these flyweights, they, they can fight for days. And it actually you see a reduction in finishes and you see more decisions. That may be a way to look. If you look at Brandon Marino in his, his recent history, last four wins have come inside the, the distance. When he's gone to the cards, that, those when his, that's when his two losses occurred. So it hasn't gotten the benefit of the doubt from the judges. Um, so I wonder if there might be just a little bit of value here um, in either taking the fight to go to decision or looking at the underdog um, in Royville. Marino is one of my favorite fighters, but it's just I feel like he has the tools here to where if he can utilize his grappling uh, and take that path, I think he has a huge advantage. But uh, if he just wants to end up, you know, swinging and trading with, you know, Roy Val for five rounds. I think it could get a little bit dicey. Yeah. And then, so two, so this is not a pay-per-view. It's a fight night. And then comes UFC 299, which is in my neck of the woods down in Miami, which is, which is already looking to be a very stacked card. We're very excited. It's O'Malley versus Cheeto Vera two. And then comes UFC 300, which was supposed to be this mega card. It's in Vegas. It's in the home of the UFC. And the main events announced, and we were just kind of like, huh? Really? Yeah. <laughs> like, really? That's the main event that we're getting. And listen, it's going to be an outstanding fight. Like, you know, Hill versus Pierre is going to be, you know, an incredible fight. But I just feel like the buildup that we heard towards you know, UFC 300, it almost feels like they had some plans and those plans went sideways. You almost wonder if Conor McGregor was supposed to be a part of that. And then, you know, he, he obviously he's been in limbo forever. I don't know what their initial plans were for this card, but it does seem like a little bit of an unassuming main event. Now it's going to be an incredible card and stacked. You know, you got Gustin Gaethje and Max Holloway. You got really good fights in the matchup, but just seems like for UFC 300, and all the buildup, it, it does seem like the main event's a little underwhelming. Hill coming off the injury, uh, so it's it's hard to kind of figure out what to expect there. But it does. It just seems like a little bit of a letdown. 
Yeah, I mean, listen, no disrespect. It's for the light heavyweight title. It's Alex Pereira, Jamal Hill. But again, we, I mean, we had heard McGregor. We had heard Adesanya. We had heard even yes. Volkanovski was like, hey, if I win, I'm, I'll, I'll defend it again at 300. We heard George St. Pierre was going to come back. We heard Dan Cormier was going to, we heard, you know, all these wild rumors and maybe we fell for it. But at the end of the day, you make the fights you can make. So it, people will still watch it. But for it being such a tentpole milestone event, I wouldn't be surprised if something gets added or, or turned in here at the last minute when people figure this out, Mark. Yeah, that's the hardest part because when it's a when you're when it's a tempo event like that, like you can't move it. Like it's got to fit in that time frame. You know, it's already scheduled. So now you have to find the fighters that you know can be able to fight on that card. And, and maybe that had to do with it. Maybe scheduling kind of threw things off. And again, it's going to be a fantastic card. I can't wait. You know, it's it's going to be a, a lot of fun. There's going to be a ton of great fights. But I just feel like people wanted a little more oomph in the main event. And, and, you know, yeah, light I mean, heavyweight championship fights always going to be awesome. But I, I just feel like it was a little bit underwhelming from that perspective. Yeah, like it, it's it's one of those like I, I looked at it as remember when like ESPN first got Monday Night Football and they would be like, yeah, we got the we got the Niners and we got, you yeah. know, the Patriots. But they always played like somebody that you wouldn't necessarily want them to watch. It wasn't like a great like Holly Holmes on the card. But OK, you know, and, and, and OK, sure. But at the same time, it's like, who's Holly Holm going to fight? Jim Miller's on the card. Okay, yeah, but okay, cool. But, you know, Figueredo's on the card. But it's, ah, okay, sure. So I think people will show up. I think I think we may get another fight out of this, but it, it'll be it'll be an interesting situation now that you Well, here's a question for you, Jim. Like, I think what we could be headed for is the card is going to outperform the expectation, right? Which is, you know, a promoter you kind of want, you know? And I, I think we're so used to these – big events in the UFC or big cards where it's like, Hey, the expectation, you know, we have all these big names, we have these exciting fights and then the fights sometimes don't live up to it. I think this could be the opposite. I think this could be a card where we go into it a little like underwhelmed, like, Hey, maybe it doesn't have the fights or the matchups that we expected for such a massive event, you know, being UFC 300. And I, but I think there's some really, really good cards. Like even the Aljamain Sterling, Calvin Cater, like the, even some of the undercard fights are, are going to be really awesome. So I think it could be that situation where, you know, when it's all said and done, we're going to be like, wow, this is a great event. But the lead up into it might not be as, right. uh, you know, right. grand as we wanted. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, and then doubling back real quick, just, you, you know, UFC 299 here in Miami, which is in March, uh, you know, it's, it's Sean O'Malley against, against uh, Cheeto Vera, you know, that's a great, that's a great fight. And I think you need to keep it in Miami because for as much as these fights are global at the same time, mm -hmm. you, they, it's still a local event and you need to get, especially in Miami, the last UFC here was so successful because it had a very local Miami flair, you know, Masvidal was on the card. Uh, and I think you need a guy like, like, like Chito Vera, who's, who's Ecuadorian, South American to really draw in that South American fan base uh, out here in Miami. So it'll be, by the way, these tickets are ridiculous. These UFC tickets, I know they're expensive, but welcome to Miami. <laughs> are, Indeed. I, they're coming to Woo! They're coming to Atlantic City at the end of March, and and they they were landing. I think the last time, I think I know Frankie Edgar was on the card. They came to Atlantic City. It was like three or four years ago. I, I forget the exact date, but um, I do feel like the tickets are, are much much more expensive this time around. I was surprised. 
Yeah, they're in a big building. They're, you know, they're in the Kaseya Center where the Heat play, you know, 25,000, mm-hmm. 450, way up at the top, 450. So yeah. I said that pay-per-view, yep. that pay-per-view is a bargain now, right? All right, so GTFO <laughs> or, oh, yeah, let's bring in our man Mario, get some topics here to see which ones that we will say, shut the front door, get GTFO on that, or, oh, yeah, I like that. Hit me, Mario. All right, GTFO or oh yeah, on a great Tuesday, February 20th, pretty warm in Chicago, so hey, can't complain. Starting off, GTFO or oh yeah, avoid Dodger futures in 2024. Look, the hype train is here. Get on board or get off. And a lot of people are like them uh, to win the World Series, win the division. They're minus 600 right now to even win the NL West. So I ask you, J-Rod, GTFO or oh yeah, avoid the Dodgers futures in 2024 because the public's on them. And uh, they've kind of tended to disappoint the past two years. Listen, as a rabid Dodger fan, it, it's one of those. I've been a long-suffering Dodger fan. I mean, they've made they made the playoffs every year for a dozen years, and yet one World Series championship, two more appearances. Uh, I, I, you know, 103 and a half. That just to me is too many wins. I think they'll get there. The one that I would jump on, the winning the division is not a value bet. To me, Mookie Betts winning the MVP, that to me is a future bet I would make because I think the numbers that Mookie Betts is going to put up in an outfield market, especially going up against a Ronald Acuna, are going to look a little short, right? It's going to look like Altuve and Judge standing at second base, even though they're great numbers. But I think... Mookie Betts as a second baseman, when those metrics get uh, flushed out all of a sudden, you're going to be talking historical numbers for second baseman. So I think Mookie at MVP is something I would roll with. Mark, what do you think? Um, I, I, I think the numbers on the Dodgers are probably inflated. Like when we're talking from a futures perspective, so win total. And I think world series winner, I would probably lay off. I'd probably look a little further down the board. Um, if I'm going to bet the Dodgers, what I'll look to do is let, let's let a month get by and see what those win total numbers look like. See if you can bet them live during the season, because lots of changes in LA, lots of new players, lots of adjustments getting acclimated. So they might not get off to the start that everybody expects. And then you might be able to hop into the, you know, in season market and get some really good prices. All right. Really quickly. We have about 90 seconds for this next one. GTFO or Oh yeah. Blake Snell, Jake Hassan's favorite player in the MLB uh, would be a perfect fit for Baltimore. I ask you J rod. Does it make sense for the NLSI young winner to go to Baltimore and Hey, help win a title. I would say GTFO because I think the Orioles, for as much as they are into spending money now, they're not really into spending money. They're doing this with a lot of young kids. Blake Snell is going to come with a huge price tag, and I don't think the rejuvenated Baltimore ownership is going to want to spend $200, $210, $230 million for a Blake Snell. I think they ha- they're happy with what they got. I think they're going to get their pieces back. It's a 162-game season. I'm going to say GTFO. I agree with him. I'm going to say GTFO too. I think the culture at Baltimore was one of the things that kind of propelled them to make that leap this year. You bring in a guy like Blake Snell, how does he fit within that culture in the team environment, comes in, making all that money. I think it could disrupt, you know, what they're doing. So I would say GTFO as well. 
Yeah, good stuff with that. I mean, I think the Orioles, trust me, they got their, their work cut out for them, but I think they're, it's, it's their division to lose. I think the Yankees, though, I think the Yankees, especially if Blake goes to New York, now you're talking. I think the Yankees, you know, I think Aaron Boone, you know, they're savages. They're savages. Final break here on BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Lightning bets. We rolled the board on hockey last night. What are we going to do today? Come on back and find out. 